Welcome. This is Seeds of Boredom, a podcast where I, your host, take my bored friends, make them guests of my show, and ask them how they're doing. Hello, audience. And today we on the show we have Morgan Dawson, one of my friends I met through another friend in school. Both of us are hoping to play D&D soon, but that has yet to happen. She is also an artist. I've seen some work, and it looks very good. How are you doing today, Morgan? I'm doing all right, all things considered. That's good. Uh, why just all right? I don't like quarantine. I'm a social person. I don't like NTI. It's very impersonal. And the work just, I don't feel like I'm learning. I feel like I'm doing busy work. But I'm doing as best I can. Well, that's good. Got to keep going, you know? Yep, sadly. <laughs> yeah, right? Well, luckily, we are getting... No more work as of May 13th, so only two more weeks. Only for you guys. Tate's Creek goes to the 27th, I think. Actually, I think it's for all Fayette County. They can no longer give us any more schoolwork on May 13th. Wait, you're kidding? When'd that happen? I don't know, but uh, apparently it's happening. I think Heck May, yes. May, May 27th is the day we no longer have to do school stuff. The rest of the days after May 13th are catch-up days. Really? Oh, that's perfect, because I put off so much work. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Thank God. All right, then. <laughs> so I'm glad I have delivered some good news for you today. My only good news for the week. <laughs> well, hopefully more is to come. Yeah. Back to what I was saying about you being an artist. Uh, how long have you been drawing, and how did it start? I suppose since for the first grade. Because we would write little stories in reading class and I'd draw little pictures to go along with them. But those are just circles and triangles. I think I started drawing more, I would say realistically, but it was all just anime in sixth grade, probably. I have a lot of notebooks from back then. But that's when I started drawing more than stick figures and it's slowly gotten less and less anime since then. Well, some people might argue not myself, but some people might argue that anime characters are real. <sighs> sometimes I wish. Sometimes I wish. <laughs> On my lowest points. <laughs> well, if you really do believe the multiple universe theory, then somewhere out there in a different dimension or universe, anime characters really are real. Then I was born in the wrong dimension and I demand a refund. <laughs> well, it's good you've been drawing. Yeah. Uh, how are you attracted to art? <laughs> um, in regards to other people's art, it just, I think it depends on like whether it's landscape art, character art. With landscape art, I tend to be more drawn to, I guess, nature scenes. I like softer colors or nighttime schemes. Um, so you're more of a Bob Ross person? Probably, yeah. Person. Yeah. I like Bob Ross, like most of the world. I also like a lot of impressionist work, especially Monet, Degas, stuff like that. I got to see some in person when I traveled to France a couple years ago. It was so pretty. But yeah, I like impressionist work. How was France? It was wonderful, except for the fact that I understood nothing. But the food was great. (laughs) I bet. I've heard it's delicious. It's so good. There was a cafe where, for hot chocolate, they had a cup full of like melted chocolate that you put milk in oh and made yourself 
It sounds delicious. Oh my god, it was heavenly. You don't even need the milk. You don't. Just drink the chocolate. It sounds amazing. It was so good. I went to France for a day, I believe, and it was on a rocky beach. That was my first and only experience of France. That's perfect. Hopefully I can go back. I went to a rocky beach for a wedding once. I regretted wearing sandals. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> As for character art, I guess I like softer drawing styles, softer colors, less saturation. Um, so are you more attracted to like sketching and that kind of stuff? Oh yeah, I definitely love sketch work better than lined, inked. I don't know why, and it's why whenever I draw things, I don't really complete a lot of drawings because they just like the sketch work better than the final product. It looks a little more real, I guess, a little more like more effort. Yeah. You can see almost tangible. Yeah, and you can feel it, and I can like. It just looks more real, and it looks more like a project instead of something you found online. It's just cool. Yeah. As to other things that mm-hmm. people are attracted to, um, what do you think about alcohol? Ooh, um, that's an interesting one. Because my family has not had the best history with alcohol. We've had some alcoholics in my family. Um, some it did not end up very well for them. So I don't really like the concept of it but all in all they all just sound kind of gross i mean my mom describes beer as the taste of grass wine sounds bitter and everything else burns your throat so <laughs> have you ever tried any alcohols yes don't tell the cops when we were in france i got to try some wine hmm. very bitter very bitter I do not like wine either yeah Apparently, it's an acquired taste. That's what people say about clams and oysters, too, but they taste like snot. Um. <laughs> Fun fact, this isn't really a clam or oyster, but back when I was in France, wow, that's like what I keep bringing up today. I got to try escargot. How is that? It's not bad. It's not bad. Is it chewy? A little bit, but it's just... It's it's just good. I mean, for me, the kind I had was drowned in pesto, so I think that made it a little better. Yes, the taste a little bit. Yeah, but it wasn't chewy like fat is. Like, if you have steak and you bite into fat, that makes me hurl. (laughs) But it was just, it was just good. Like, the adults at the table were giving me their escargot. I was like, all right then, more food for me. Pile it on. Pile it on. Give me the pesto snails. (laughs) Well, I'll have to try that out sometime. You should. Uh, Have you ever traveled anywhere other than France? Yes. um, I mean, outside of the U.S. Anywhere, really. Well, I've been to a ton of the States. My parents put more money into traveling than gifts for me. So I've been to Florida, Colorado, New Jersey, um, South Carolina, North Carolina, Tennessee, Indiana, Ohio. I also do travel volleyball. So that explains a lot of these. I've been to Alabama, Mississippi, Atlanta, California, Hawaii. And I think that's all the states that I've been to. How about out of the states? Out of the states, I've been to London. I said I went to France. I've been to the Dominican and I've been to China before Corona. Right. It was a year ago. (laughs) You sound, uh, that sounds a lot like. My family. We focus more on travel than gifts and mm-hmm. experiences instead of objects. Right. Mm-hmm. That's my mom's philosophy. Never heard that before, but I like it. 
yeah. Traveling is definitely an experience I think everyone should enjoy and experience at least once. Oh, definitely. Like, even I'm a homebody. I love being here in Lexington. Like, I don't want to move away. But it's just good to see new places and try new things, even in big cities. Especially in big cities, because you can just walk everywhere. That's right. And especially because I know some of the listeners and some of my friends just haven't traveled outside of Lexington, much much the less uh, Kentucky. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of sad, really. Yeah, it is kind of sad. I mean, there's something to be said about just knowing a place well. But the chance to see the world and how things operate and just the differences even outside of your hometown is really astounding. It's, it's definitely something to enjoy. Mm-hmm, definitely. So how's China? I've been there myself, but I was too jet-lagged to enjoy anything. <laughs> it was, after the first few nights, which were really rough, it was pretty good. Because first three nights, we were staying in a dorm room. I did not like the beds. We were in Shanghai. Mm-hmm. I did not like the beds. My sleep schedule was completely screwed over. And the internet just wouldn't work. Like, I had internet. There was Wi-Fi there. I didn't have to go through any firewall stuff because I had a VPN. It It just wouldn't work. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing would load. Wow. And so I was up until, like, 1, 2 a.m. not able to sleep. That is unfortunate. Yeah. But we got out of Shanghai. I got into more of a rhythm. Oh, you spoke about jet lag earlier. Yeah. The group I was with, I traveled on a like a scholarship thing from UK here in town. Right. The group I traveled with, jet lag hit all of us simultaneously at 9 p.m. <laughs> oh. And we were at a performance. <laughs> you, had, you had it down to the hour. We had it. It was like down to the hour. Wow. We were, it was during intermission at an acrobatics performance, and I just turned slightly and I see a row of people with their heads on their knees, and I'm like, yeah. That seems about right. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh, I'm jet-lagged right now, and I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Unfortunately, when I went, I didn't have the stamina I think I do now. I was like eight or something. Oh, yeah, definitely. And the jet lag lasted the entire trip. <laughs> uh, I, I remember... We got to go especially because my mom had worked with a Confucius Institute at UK. Oh, yeah, that's how we got there. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a good institute. It's mm-hmm. a cool place. But, uh, good purpose, yeah. She was taking a group of kids there to China, and we got to tag along, basically. We just had to pay for the flight mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the, you know, extra stuff. But Yeah, same here. Um. It was nice because, I don't know, it wasn't nice because I fell asleep all the time. <laughs> but we would go to uh, schools and stuff. I'm assuming you did the same. Mm-hmm. We went to schools. We went to a lot of museums, stuff like that. Yeah, same here. One of the times I do remember is we were at a school and the kids were taking a cooking class. And we got to sit in and watch and stuff too, my dad and I, because we were like the outsiders. We were just kind of there. But um, I remember just being tired and like, uh, I'm going to go outside for a second. And I just lay down and go to sleep on the floor <laughs> outside of the classroom. And that's where they found me. After the fire. I'm going to step outside and you just pass out on the Yeah, that happened in a couple other places. Like in the middle of dinner, I would just kind of eat 10 mouthfuls of rice and pushed it in front of me and laid my head down and fell asleep. But enough about me. Morgan, uh, 
bit of a random question. Do you believe that stereotypical cliques still exist? Interesting question. Um, I don't really. Outside of like, I think they end at middle school. Really? Because at least in my high school, the high school experiences I've had, and maybe this is because my schedule has always been wonky because I've always been taking weird classes. But the classes aren't exactly consistent enough to have cliques. Like in middle school and elementary school, your classmates were the same people that tend to stick around from year to year. Same classes. There aren't really any tracks. So there's time to make cliques. There's opportunities. Especially in my middle school where um, I went to Winburn and I was part of the accelerated cluster. Mm -hmm. And it was the same. My grade was 40 kids total. A lot of my classes had 17 people in them. Wow. And it was a small knit community and eventually it just kind of got this divide of cliques. And, but in high school, especially since I've been, I went to a really large high school and one with weird academies in it. I've been to Douglas and Tates Creek. My classes, I think I have one to two people. There's like a total of five people that I have in more than one class. And I just think they're too random for cliques to form. Like, aside from just a general gist of who hangs out with who, I don't really see any cliques. Of course, that might be because I am pretty antisocial a lot of the time at school. I'm a nice little ambivert split down the middle. And <laughs> I am I tend to stick to the same people at school. But I haven't really seen many cliques. So you still, you don't think there are any more, like jocks even if it's like a new wave or something you don't think there are any more jocks or cheerleader types or anything like that vaguely there's a typical like the same kids tend to hang out with each other and i guess there are like a lot of the kids from my physics class sit together at lunch i sit with the same kinds of people there's the general gist of the quote-unquote popular girls that hang out together that aren't really mean anymore but there aren't really any click divisions. There isn't any exclusion. I don't think anyway. Not in the traditional sense. Okay. So you think it's kind of like evolved more into like friend groups, not really cliques. Yeah. And people tend to make friends with people that they have common interests with. Mm-hmm. So it lends itself to the idea of cliques, but I haven't seen it on a serious level now. That is my humble little opinion. What about you? Honestly, I don't really know. I'm about the same. I don't really talk a lot in school. <laughs> I don't accept to the same groups of people. Right, right, right. But I mean, I do see like the football players and the soccer players all hang out together, the wrestlers, every every athletic people stay together usually. Mhm. And that lends it more to who do you see the most on a daily basis? Right. And I think it's also the difference in schools. Like some schools are in different areas. Like, I've been to magnet schools all my life, except for Frederick Douglass. Like, when I went to Douglass for ninth grade, that was the only time I was in my district school. So I do notice that the magnet kids tend to hang out with each other more than the district kids, purely because the district kids already know each other. I know exactly what you mean. Mm-hmm. I uh, was in the Spanish immersion program until freshman year. Mm-hmm. And that was definitely an experience. It was really weird going to a different high school because only one other person from the program went to my high school. Right, yeah. So I had to basically start over. Same. I've been, I've had new kid syndrome like four times because I've been to five schools. 
so four or five times I've been the new kid. So I've gotten pretty okay at just making a couple of friends I can stick to for the rest of the year. But because of that, I have quite a few different friend groups that have never talked to each other. I am the exact same way. <laughs> for example, the one you were in, the Dungeons and Dragons ones. Ew. I don't think I ever tried to include you guys into a discussion with my rock climbing friends. Which makes sense because one group is athletic and another group has barely left the couch. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's because of that. You, you guys are similar in some ways, but also different in completely other ways. Mm-hmm. And it's there's always that stigma. Trying to mix two friend groups is always kind of awkward. You know? Yeah. It's like a brony trying to introduce his brony friends to his <laughs> death metal friends. <laughs> They're not going to blend well. <laughs> The insinuation that that is a person. Oh, that's absolutely perfect. That would be a very interesting person to meet. I'm going to make an entire character based off of that. You just wait. I'd like to see that. To be honest, that'd be pretty cool. Oh, this is perfect. They do say that people who listen to death metal and heavy rock are typically like really soft people. Oh, yeah. We are. (laughs) But I'm not a brony. I can testify to that. Real talk, I had a huge phase where I was really into My Little Pony, and it did not start until I was 13. Really? Yeah, I never watched it as a kid. My kid shows were completely different, but then I got into that show, and it was really good until season five. I cannot, (laughs) I can't add to this conversation. I know you My Little Pony, unless someone made animation of it where they got really aggressive and bloody um honestly it had the potential it was one of those kids shows you know like i'm trying to think there's a lot of kids shows that have more potential than they're worth like adventure adventure time miraculous ladybug steven universe steven universe although that has gotten dark that pushed the boundaries completely it definitely got a little bit darker with the new series Mm -hmm. but Pokemon. Before that, it was nice yeah. and cheery. Yeah, nice and cheery. And now it's about depression. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Rebecca and Sugar. Personal growth and crying. Yeah, I haven't even seen a single episode, but I looked at it and I'm like, hmm, that's a lot of feelings. That's a lot of emotions. It gets tough. Uh, I would definitely recommend it, though. Mm-hmm. It is a, it's a really good show. Yeah. It, it grows with its audience, I think. Mm-hmm. And that's how really a show so should work. It, it really should. And that's I, I feel like that's why some of these shows are so good why Adventure Time is good. It grew with its audience. At first, it was just these two guys screwing around and going on adventures, and then it got into relationships and just a bunch of other heavier stuff. Mm -hmm. That's what My Little Pony is in its weird little way, is that it has these really cool elements that if you wanted to take the world building a step further, you could, but it always comes back to friendship, and it sounds like a shounen manga, but for kids. (laughs) The power friendship like i've heard that so many times and it had its it had some potential but in the end of the day it's just another kid's show that's that has a but, cult following yeah of 35 year old men or older. <laughs> you're either 35 or you're five no one else watches the show well some older men do but hmm. <laughs> i don't i don't want to judge here because it's not my place to judge but that's a little, that's a little sus. <laughs> oh, you can, you can judge all you want. I'm oh, sweet. I gonna, can judge. That's sketchy. I'm going to take a backseat. 
But why? Just why do you think it's sketchy? Just partially as a joke, but partially because it just doesn't sound right. It sounds a little bit off. Sounds a little bit off. But think about it. It's a bunch of older men connecting with each other because they want they believe in a kid show that amplifies this belief that friendship means everything that you should be nice to every other person mm-hmm. and i realize that my opinion will co- quickly be debunked but i'm still watching pokemon at age 40 because you cannot stop me ah <laughs> uh, no no one can stop you except uh netflix and hulu race. God dang it netflix took everything off the air i tried to find xy the other day because it's a feel-good show right of course and it just wasn't there it's only the latest, like, sun and moon stuff. And I just, I just wanted some nostalgia, you know? Is that too much they to do ask? Have, uh, Indig- they do, I think they have the Indigo. They do have Indigo League. And I don't think I ever got around to finishing Indigo League. So I need to. Well, there you go. My new project for quarantine. <laughs> well, we've spent entirely too long talking about My Little Pony. What's the next question? The next question is, what do you think about drugs? Drugs? Hmm. If it's not ibuprofen, I suggest staying away from it. <laughs> Why is that? I mean, of course there are, is harder drugs that no one should take, like cocaine, heroin, mm-hmm. to name a few. Mm-hmm. But what about marijuana, weed, cannabis? I don't personally have a problem with it. I would never do it because my mind is weird enough as it is. But it's just... But that's all the more reason to take it. I don't want to have an existential crisis when I can't see my own fingers. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, I'm fine with weed. If you smoke weed, I'm not going to get on you. Well, I might if, for my closer friends, I kind of discourage it. Because I feel like it just takes away from living your life. Because you're put in the backseat. You aren't as in control of your actions. You aren't as present. And as someone who stays up until 2am because I don't want to waste time... I just feel like being high would be a waste of time. It's a waste of, even if you're doing dumb stuff, like watching YouTube for three hours straight, you're present. You're enjoying the moment and not letting hallucinogenics take over your consciousness. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, and I I can agree with that to an extent, but I believe that some people use it, many people use it, but two two types of people that I can think of are one is people who just want to feel happier and just want to, you know, kind of, well, enjoy the moment. But with those, pick they me want up. to feel something different, you know, like not seeing your fingers is weird. So you can enjoy the moment without <laughs> Who needs them? There are special circumstances, but go on with your second point. And the, the second type of person I would think is a more spiritual person. I think someone who's looking to find something within themselves, it's like a self soul searching kind of thing so they would take the high hallucinogenics like mushrooms some high dosages of weed dmt to like feel something different feel something other than themselves feel part of something bigger than themselves you know mm-hmm. and that's uh i've i've seen stuff about this and read about it uh people who have uh taken dmt which is a highly hallucinogenic drug some have felt what is called ego dissolution, which means that you, like the sense of I as a being, so like your sense of you as Morgan Mm -hmm. disappears. So you feel like you're one with the collective. 
for those Star Trek fans, you're like one with the Borg, you know? <laughs> you're just one <laughs> with the universe kind of stuff. You, like you don't, some forced Star Wars kind of stuff? Yeah, you don't exist anymore. You are part of the collective. You see, some people might like that. That would give me 17, like, crises at once. Sense of self-identity is muddled enough as it is. I like to be aware of myself. I like to be set apart from the crowd. I'm not a fan of the hive mind. I'm not a fan of conforming, although I'm not, like, some rebel kid. But I just feel like that would not be fun for me. But if other people want to go do that become one with everybody else stuff and that makes them happy go ahead just don't do it too much because i'm speaking from a psychology standpoint i had a neuropsychology unit it's high school i'm not a professor but hallucinogenics are just all in all they're considered not the best of ideas they mess with your brain structure they not brain structure but they mess with your brain it tends to not be an all-around good idea but if some people are discovering themselves through weed, who am I to stop them? I sound so unliberal right now. <laughs> well, that's the thing I was trying to put across. It's not that people who feel this ego dissolution feel like they're part of the hive. They're not like a drone in a bee colony. They feel like they're part of everything and everything is part of them. It's like a more nature-oriented kind of thing, you know? I'm tempted to ask if you're stoned right now. <laughs> oh, not at all. I've <laughs> never taken any drugs yet. I've never smoked any drugs. I've never smoked any devil's lettuce. <laughs> devil's lettuce. I'm going to make myself a satanic salad. <laughs> I think that's my favorite innuendo for weed is <laughs> devil's lettuce. Because it sounds like you're like some dad from the 50s. You better not be smoking that devil's lettuce. You ain't smoking any grass, are you? <laughs> no, they'd say ganja or something like that. that There's so many weird names for weed. <laughs> Mary Jane, marijuana, cannabis, pot. grass, pot. Who came up with pot? Is Did it because of yeah. like the bong things they use? Maybe, but I feel like someone was just high and they saw <laughs> pot and were like, whoa, pot. <laughs> Dude. Somebody had grown it in like a little pot in their window, so it's like, what do you got there? Pot. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. I'm still not over devil's lettuce. Oh god. <laughs> but that that also brings up the question: Who invented Christmas rituals? I, I take this from Jim Gaffigan. He's probably some drunk guy. Uh, just, honey, what's happening? Why do we have a tree in the middle of our living room? <laughs> it's Christmas. Why are you hanging poisonous berries in our doorways? It's Christmas. Exactly. The same thing with Easter, you know? Let's celebrate the rebirth of Christ with eggs. So many eggs. You see, I know about Christmas. I know the deal with Christmas. It was basically Saturnalia. I am a Christian, but we stole Saturnalia from the Romans. What is that? Saturnalia was, like, a week-long celebration of Saturn, a.k.a. I think that's that's Kronos. So it's a celebration okay. of Saturn, Kronos, Saturnalia, and they had evergreen trees. They had laurel wreaths. They had weird dinners. And Christianity took a lot of the customs from Saturnalia because, you know, I think it was Constantinople said, you know what, Jesus is okay now. And they stole Christianity. And That's right. Yep. 
So that's where a lot of Christmas customs come from. Good lord. That's where they come from is Saturnalia. And we all know the Romans were drunk to high heaven. Drunk. Sometimes high. Sometimes high. Did you know they literally uh, screwed a plant out of existence? You want to run that by me again, but elaborate a bit? (laughs) Yes. So the Romans uh, found a natural antiseptic. Did I say that right? Probably. In a plant. So they would eat the plant and they wouldn't get pregnant after they had sex, right? <laughs> they had so much they had so much sex that they ate so much of this plant that they literally screwed it out of existence. They screwed it to extinction. God, if the Romans could stop being horny for one minute. <laughs> but they were probably the most progressive people. They're a li- probably more progressive than we are right now. Oh, they definitely were. The, they, uh, they had toilets for a long they, time before we even had outhouses. That they had giant baths for everyone. I, I don't know. They also were very promiscuous and they, oftentimes homosexual and gay. Yeah, they also weren't homophobic. It's crazy how that works, right? Just don't do it and everyone likes Just it. Just don't it's hate so people. It's so weird. Imagine if everyone did that. Wow, it'd be really wild. But the Romans also did try to eat the Mediterranean for breakfast, so. What? <laughs> I got that from Overly Sarcastic Productions. This is not sponsored in any way, shape, or form. But but if you do want to sponsor us, please. <laughs> if you somehow money. discover this across the void of space and time, y'all are cool. Please, give us money. Give us money. In one of their videos, they're talking about how the Romans just ate the Mediterranean for breakfast, talking about how they conquered literally everything that moved, and that just kind of stuck with me. That they ate the Mediterranean for breakfast? Yeah. (laughs) The script writing on that show is absolutely gorgeous. Back to religion, that is a thing. A lot of religions do take Mm -hmm. older elements of older religions and incorporate them into their own, Mm -hmm. just so people that they're trying to force it upon feel more comfortable because it has aspects of their older religion. Yeah, it's like, hey, Greeks, you're ours now, but you can still have your gods. They just have new names. Exactly. It's essentially what they did. And what's the common image of God? It's a, usually it's an older man with a white beard, big white beard and flowing white hair, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. What does that remind you of? Zeus. (laughs) Exactly. When really it's, like, if God was according to, like, the scripts of, like, Dante and stuff like that, he'd just be some big old floating mass of holy energy. Here, have your religion. Just give it Roman names. Will you become ours now? Exactly. Conquest 101. (laughs) Morgan Dawson today. (laughs) And remember, people, if you cite Morgan on that, you can quote her. Quote me. Especially on official school papers. Quote me on your official school papers. I am a renowned professor. I am an authority on the subject of conquest. But that that whole idea of, like, repurposing religion, I took from, uh, you know who Dan Brown is? No clue, but go ahead if I do. Uh, Dan Brown wrote the Da Vinci Code and that series of books. Oh yeah, that series. Which is a book series I definitely recommend to you, Morgan, and to whoever's listening. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he talked about that a lot 
because the his main character worked with uh, symbols and stuff, but that's a common theme throughout the symbols. They're always reused, repurposed in newer religions. Recycled, right? but yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, mm. but that's where I got that idea, and I definitely recommend reading those books. I haven't even finished them, but they're still good. Yeah, my, my uh, humanities teacher has read The Da Vinci Code and was reading another one by that author and recommended them, so I guess I, I have to read it now. Gosh, two people. Yeah, I guess so. If I don't, I will literally die. You heard it here, folks. If uh, two people recommend a book and you don't read it, you will die. Spontaneous combustion. <laughs> you have a time limit of 30 days. Good luck, Morgan. I wish you the best. Well, I guess I'm not going to be able to do that exchange anymore. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've talked quite a while, and uh, I think I'm going to wrap it up. Thank you for coming on the show and talking, Morgan. Oh, yeah, no problem. I love not doing my schoolwork. <laughs> That is always a fun activity for all school students. <laughs> Procrastination. It's my hobby. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Of course. See ya. See ya. That was the end of our show, and this has been another episode of Seeds of Boredom. Thank you.